Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome. It's a very special date and time for our Seinfeld podcast. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, sorry, Laura, my Friday got a little bit crazy, but it's good to be with you on Monday. How are you today? Doing good. I'm doing good, too. I feel different today. Usually, at the end of Friday, I'm exhausted after a whole week of work. Now, I haven't started my week yet, so I feel more awake, which seems weird for doing this. Well, good. I should be tired. I'm glad you're awake. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, today in Seinfeld, we're talking about the face painter. Interesting. Um, it features Putty, Patrick Warburton. And I'm very much a fan of anything Patrick Warburton. But I'm not sure if I was a big fan of the face painter. We'll have to talk about it. Uh, before we start talking about it, speaking of Patrick Warburton, I never realized this. Um, I've been watching on the Roku channel. They have a couple seasons available of news radio. And do you know he was a reoccurring character on news radio, too? I didn't know that. I didn't either. I don't remember that. I yeah. Love it. Is that available anywhere to stream? On uh, news radio? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have a Roku, I'm, I'm not sure if you get access on the online, but if you have a Roku, uh, when you download the Roku channel, they used to put a couple seasons up of that on there. Um, I, I, I don't know if you can access the Roku channel online. Um, it's just one of those like free apps that is available on the Roku, but it's interesting. Um, you know, we talk a lot about streaming TV and, you know, how sometimes you're like, man, you're, you're paying like what you did for cable, but Roku channel is a nice place where you get stuff for free. Now, is it the best stuff of all time? No, you're not going to watch Seinfeld on there or anything else like that, but you know, They've got some shows that I like that I go to. Um, you can watch a lot of um, Rules of Engagement. Um, that, that was that show where Patrick Warburton was on. Yeah. Uh, they got News Radio. They got um, Oh, Just Shoot Me. It was another David Spade um, show. Mm-hmm. So again, I I wouldn't say yeah, cancel Netflix, cancel everything else, just go for Roku Channel. But does get movies and everything. It's it's a nice free services out there. Yeah, I have, like, so much. I have to figure out my streaming. We've talked about this before, but i got to figure out my streaming situation. I have way too much stuff, you know. I never, I watch, like, regular TV. I'm using air quotes. Um, regular TV, probably six hours a week, you know. And I'm watching streaming stuff all the time. So yeah. I figure out how much of cable do I really need. Well, know? here's my other situation. We talk about this with our jobs. I know when I started my current job, 
I was new. I wasn't really invited to that main meeting. So I probably went to maybe one or two a day. So I had all day to have it on while I was doing work. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you now. I mean, even the meetings I'm not part of, you know, I got to have it on and listen to it. I can't really watch TV at the same time. Mm-hmm. Man, I got so many meetings anymore that I just, I, I mean, I'll, I'll have stuff on muted in the background, but yeah, I can't be watching some of that stuff anymore, which is a little frustrating. Yeah. I have I have to have some kind of noise. It was funny. I was in the office a couple of days in the past week or so, and there was somebody in the office with me, and I said, is this going to bother you? And he's like, oh, I can't even hear it. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, there's a couple of shows that I like and a couple of uh, movies that I like that are really quiet. One of them is... Uh, Spotlight, the movie. Oh, yeah. Girl in the movie. It's really quiet, that movie. There's only one section where the guy yells, you know, and it's like perfect for office viewing. <laughs> I I it's need to. For everyone today. <laughs> I need to watch that. It, it's interesting. Um, you know, DVD players are kind of going away right now, and yeah. we don't have room for a DVD player in our upstairs TV. So, and I've gotten rid of most of my DVD players. I have the Xbox One I goof off with if I'm in the mood to play video games. But that's my DVD player. And you gave me a good idea. I need to check out Spotlight, but I don't think it's available on streaming, at least the services I have. Um, so I, I may have to pull it out and throw it on the Xbox One to watch it. It was, in, uh, it was on Netflix for a really long time. Oh, okay. It may still be there. I haven't had Netflix for a while. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the one I use the least. It, it's so weird, Lord. Like you said, there's a, a billion different options out there, and it, it, it does truly get overwhelming. I mean, you just, I mean, you, you literally could sit and watch TV all day. I mean, it's just insane. It, it's crazy. And yeah, I mean, we could watch TV all day when there's three channels on, but now you literally can. I mean, there's so much out there. And I think the tough thing about it is, you know, Hey, once we get through Seinfeld, it might be nice to pick out another show, but I don't even imagine how we could pick out a current show because right now, for as good as TV is right now, not mm-hmm. everybody is watching certain current shows. Yeah. I mean, we could pick, like, HBO had some Mayor of Easttown. I guess that was a new hip show. But if you don't have HBO, you don't know enough about it. So, yeah, it became a hip show. A lot of people were talking about it, but you don't have that. Seinfeld show, which is almost a true, you know, drinking, you know, water cooler show where you gather the day after at work and say, man, I can't believe what happened there last night. We, we've lost that in TV today. I think, um, I'm trying to remember, what's the name, what's the show that just, I never watched it, but what's the show, it was a, like, it was one of the pay TV channels um, that, oh, can't think of what it is. It just ended not too long ago. That was like the last. It was one of those like futuristic type things. I can't remember. Never mind. I don't well, think so. <laughs> well, and it was fine this morning. Like I stumbled across. I don't know. I, I I was dead tired when I woke up, so I'm like, I'm gonna lay down and watch them for a little bit. And I stumbled across um, Ho- Homeland, 
which I, I love Homeland. Great yeah, show. But yeah. I haven't even thought about Homeland for a year. And that doesn't mean I don't like the show or anything. There's just so much other stuff on it. I mean, I, I saw yeah. this on Hulu. I'm like, man, I got to watch the show. I haven't seen this for a long time. It, it's just ridiculous how, how much stuff's out there right now. I'm a big Mandy Patinkin fan, so. Yes. right up there for me. I got to say, and I, I know 24 was insanely ridiculous. I wish Homeland caught a little bit more of the 24. Um, Homeland was a fascinating show. I think it got a little too relationshipy at times. I know, you know, the main character had, she had some health and mental health issues. And I definitely respect that and everybody who's going for that. But I think sometimes it went way too much into that. And I, I want the, Let's fight the terrorists a little bit more. I mean, I guess that was my only objection of Homeland, but it was a really good show. Yeah, and I still remember when I think about Homeland, I think about that episode where he put the man, he particularly put the bug in the lady's purse. Yeah. Man, that was just brilliant, you know. Oh, yeah, th- there was definitely good parts, but then there was mm-hmm. like three episodes where they dealt with her mental health issues. And I'm like, hey. Bring more attention to that. It's good that we do that, but do we need three straight episodes just talking about that and forgetting the fact that she's trying to fight terrorists? That was the thing I kind of struggled with overall. Yeah, it's good. I, I think it sort of took a... I don't know. I think it sort of failed. I mean, I, not failed, but it sort of... I, I sort of got away from it a lot when Danny and Lewis watched, left the show. The uh, Brody is his name. Yeah, yeah. I sort of, it, to me, it lost a lot of steam when he left. Yeah, and the story kind of simmered out a little bit. I mean, the first episode, too, thinking about that, I wish they played that out a little bit more. It, it just seemed, I yeah. I don't know. It just, and, and like I said, we can't all have all of our shows be shoot them up like 24 was, mm-hmm. but I, I just wanted a little bit more of the, intrigue of, hey, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And I think when they got to the... Oh, uh, what's the name of the main character? Claire Danes, right? Claire Danes. Yeah. I I think it got... It it got way too much into her mental health issues. And it got way too much... Like, there were seasons where it seemed like she was always sleeping with somebody she shouldn't. Like, you know, she was sleeping with Brody, and then one year they were overseas, and she was like sleeping with his. The kid looked like he was sixteen or something, but she's trying to get information and everything. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I guess some people might enjoy that, but to me, it was just like we're getting way into the weeds of this. I mean, yeah, that was part of the story, and that's what kind of defined her character. But I think we tried to define that a little bit way too much. So, yeah. all right. Well, hey, let's get back to Seinfeld. <laughs> people are cursing at their iPods right now or iPhones, going. I want to. I want to read more about face pain. Now we're in the Claire Danes and all the strange people she was sleeping with. You know what's going on here? But yeah, let's get back to the face painter. Um, yeah, Putty. I like Putty. I, I mean, you know, put Putty on a put Jerry Still and Putty on on any episode I'm in. Um, yeah, you, let's get to your questions because you sent me some questions earlier today. I just wanted to address. Yeah, I tried to come up with questions because last week when I or whenever it was when I said how much I was looking forward to watching this episode, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I I don't I must have just been focusing on the puppy part of it. 
Because yes. The George part of it was horrible. Was yeah. Like, what off? George was, yeah. uh, wanted to tell this tell the girl that he loved her, and you know she, he thought she didn't hear him. So then he told her again, and he realized she did. So I'm guessing they broke up, but it was never really dealt with. You know, it just sort of went to a different scene, and then we never saw yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, lots of really weird, disturbing parts um, to that. Um, your first question I thought was interesting. I'm a sports guy. Um, not as much as I used to be. I mean, I used to be way into sports. Um, but yes, but how far you would go to support your team? So, you know, Jerry gets tickets to the game. Um, you know, in real life, Jerry's a big New York Mets fan. On the show, it seems like he likes sports. I don't think he's as much of a rabid fan. He just likes, you know, sometimes being in a game is a place to be. You know, it's a little bit of a status symbol. It's a fun thing to go to. And I think that's what Jerry's mindset was going into it. But, you know, Jerry invites the friends and, you know, Elaine gets a invite and then she wants to bring her boyfriend along. But much of Jerry and Elaine's horror, Putty's a big Devils fan, which is okay. You know, you can bring someone that likes a certain team. But he paints his face and he's yelling. He's being a crazy man. And you asked a good question what are we like on that? As you know, over the years, I've always been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I get grumpy when they lose. I think you, you kind of chastised me a little bit when I was yelling at Browns fans when uh, Browns beat the Steelers once. It was like a Thursday night game. I remember that. I was just yelling at a bunch of weird stuff, and it was just dumb. Yeah. And I'm to the point where, hey, Steelers are the closest I get to that. And, hey, if a Steelers game's on – I want to try to watch it. If I'm out somewhere, if I'm at home, I'm usually like, hey, give me a couple hours. Let me watch this game. I'll get back with you. I'm not painting my face anymore. I actually don't have that many Steelers clothes anymore. Um, I've got a little area in my office where I have a couple Steelers mementos. But it's weird. I mean, if you if you didn't know me, I said, Laura, come over and see what I'm about. You may not even believe I'm as much of a Steelers fan, but I'm not – paint your face guy. I do get nervous. I get a little bit, hey, if you're playing from one to four, this is what I want to do from one to four. But I'm definitely not putty and yelling and screaming and you know, painting my face and stuff like that. Yeah, I I have um, my honestly, my reaction going back to whenever that game was that I must have yelled at you afterward. Probably came from my job working in Pittsburgh right. in sports because, like, I always remember when I worked there during uh, nineteen ninety six um, Super Bowl, where the Steelers played the Dallas Cowboys. It was number twenty nine. Yeah, and they lost the Steelers, and I worked in sports and. We worked that night and we were there for like watching the end of the game and they, you know, they lost. And I was, I was surprised, but not really at how fast the people who worked in the office who were like huge Steeler fans turned on me about the Browns. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I didn't even say anything, you know? And they're like, well, Browns never went to, the, went to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, yeah. I know, <laughs> you know? So it was probably related to that. Um, 
but my I've never been a clothing fan. You know, like I always maybe it's because of the Browns and you know how how bad they were for so long. Like when I was younger, like teenager, young teens probably, they were okay. It was during that period of time when there was the cardiac kid year and like a couple of like right around that year, maybe they were okay, but then they were so bad for so long, you know, and I always have, I, I knew people who went and bought jerseys with names and stuff on them. And I'm like, what are you wasting your money for? That person is not going to be around and you're going to be stuck with a jersey with that person's name on the back, you know, as a reminder of futility, you know. And so I've never been, like, I, I used to buy, uh, like, I would buy my dad Steeler uh, ornaments because my father was a Steeler fan because he was from Pennsylvania. And my mom would buy me brown stuff. And I still have some of that stuff, but I have nothing really on display or anything. I always remember, too, that when I took my job in Pittsburgh and I was getting ready to move, I went with my mom, actually my mom and dad, to Pittsburgh to look for an apartment. And one of the places that we were looking at was a house that was, a guy was going to move out because he was going to get married. And he, his house, literally every inch of this guy's house was Steelers stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, I knew I didn't want to live there because there was some creepy dude next door, but I just, we stayed in there and looked around at everything that the guy had, you know, because it was fascinating yeah. to me how much crap he had. You yeah. Know? I mean, just literally like, Every inch of his house was like that. And I'm like, I, I think about it now, even, you know, probably 25 years later, thinking, you know, like, what is your, are you actually thinking you're going to be able to live with a, a wife in that house? I mean. Well, and I've been, I've been interested in Pawn Stars, the History Channel show where they buy stuff and try to reach out and all this other stuff. And, you know, it, it's fun looking at these collectibles that come in and everything. But, you know, hey, I'm a Steelers fan, and maybe I'm a little bit more frugal with my money, but I ain't buying a big Steelers collectible. I mean, like, I'm looking at my office right now. I see a couple of Steelers things. It's fine. It's a Steelers, like, pale, a Steelers football. But I ain't spending 100 bucks on Terry Bradshaw's whatever, you know, whatever the case might be, you know. So maybe I'm not as much of a fan, but honestly, Laura, I think it's part of it's we're journalists, you know? When I was a little kid, I was collecting autographs. I wanted, you know, people to sign everything I had and everything else. And, you know, you quickly learn, once you become a journalist, no more asking for autographs, you know? And I think I get that way from my sports where I still appreciate sports. I still enjoy watching sports. But you kind of change your feeling about it once you start covering it. You feel weird becoming this you know, putty-esque fan. You know I mean? It, it feels weird to do that. No. <laughs> well, I, I remember, too. Man, I'm, I'm thinking back to all these times where Lawrence chastising me on social media. But I remember for a year and a half, I was covering the Columbus Blue Jackets, the hockey team here in Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, I wasn't gushing, but I think I had one Facebook post saying, hey, you know, I'm 
the mighty Pittsburgh Penguins are in the town. This is exciting. And you said, no cheering from the press box. Man, Lord, I'm remembering verbatim all your responses. This is weird. But, you know, but you raised a point, you know, and, yeah, I was fine. I got to go down and interview their star, Sid Crosby, after the game. And I, I kept it even keel. But, you know, we change as journalists. You know, we're not this gushing fan anymore, you know? Yeah. We get excited about stuff, but in a different way. So I can't blame the fact we're journalists on this, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, All right. Maybe we're just assured something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. But obviously, you know, we're, we're different. From Putty, you know, uh, Putty was being rowdy during the game. He had a painted face, and there was a priest nearby who, who believed he saw the devil by seeing Putty. I'm wondering. I was in New York City for a weekend. Um, I was working at a small paper. I was covering this little boy that had a last wish trip to go see a Statue of Liberty. Uh, there was an extra seat in the private plane. They said, "Hey, why don't you come along?" And uh, so we got the plane ride for free because there's an extra seat in the plane. Uh, I think we had to pay for the hotel that night, but that was fine. And I remember we were close to where the Devils played. I kind of wanted to see a Devils game. I just didn't have time that night. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. I wonder if anybody who's a Devils fan ever kind of questioned that because they're the Devils. You know what I mean? I mean, you can be a fan of the New Jersey Devils and not be a fan of Satan, but I wonder if they ever got that question sometimes. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question because, you know, the name is, we're going through the name change here. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I I don't think it's a sin to be a fan of the New Jersey Devils, but I I, kind of wonder what churches in that area would be like going, man, how how can you like the Devils? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the team. It wasn't like they were, you know practicing any satanic rituals, but I just, you know, I can see a church going, well, yay, devils, all right, you know, it kind of sounds weird. But Let's be honest, there was a time probably that they were the only good team around, so that was was one thing that made the devils be good. Yeah, for a while, they were a really good team. I mean, I don't think they're terrible now, but yeah, they used to be really good. I mean, they were uh, were a Stanley Cup winner for a while. Mm -hmm. I so yeah, let's go back to your questions. I think it leads into the next um, couple things that are going on. Hang on a second. I am well, the one was about the one was about the fact that um, I always said to I would always say to friends and stuff that I would never <laughs> I would never marry somebody without going to a sporting event with them because I would have to see how they acted and. Putty falls right into that, you know. Um, you know, if somebody acts like a jerk and like embarrasses me in public, like Putty was with the lane, man, that would be hard to do, you know. What would be your line? Like everyone's got a different line. I mean, obviously Putty way over line, but you know, if and, and did you do that with your husband? Like, did you take him to a game? We went to an Indians game, yeah. Okay, so what would be that line for him? Because obviously, if he was putty, honestly, a lot of it is um, this is the screaming stuff. Yeah, you know, that to me is ridiculous. I hate when people do that. Um, when my uh, my nephew played um, football during high school, 
and went to, he played at Butler University um, in Indiana. And we would go to the occasional high school game with his parents. And when we were there, one of the other kids that was on his team at Lutheran West, he was a screamer at the game. And I always said to myself, this guy, this is so bad. And his wife was there. And I was like, why would she put up with that? You know, I mean, it was so awful to hear, you know, I mean, he was just like screaming at the reps and screaming at, you know, the other team and stuff. And it was just, I mean, everybody could hear the guy. So like that to me is just out, out of bounds. No way. You know, I remember I was in, I think it was either high school or college. I was still living at home at the time, and I had a TV in my room. And, you know, I had the Steelers game on. I think it was after the Browns moved. And so they had Steelers games more on the Cleveland television stations. And I remember some play happened. I was screaming at the TV. My mom rushes down thinking that I'm, like, having some stroke or something. And ever since then, I felt weird about screaming. You know, it was just kind of when you know how sometimes you have that moment in your life where you do something, you look back at it, and you're like, what the heck was I doing? And, you know, you're like, never again. I kind of felt like that after that. It was really weird. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm trying to remember, like, I don't think I've ever even, like, screamed at the TV. You know, and honestly, let's be honest, part of it is probably because I'm a Cleveland fan. <laughs> Right. For so long, there's really been nothing but, I mean, if you want to be a Cleveland fan and you want to scream at the TV, you pretty much are going to scream for the entire game, you know, because they're all terrible, you know? Or could be. We're so bad for so long. And, you know, you, you know, it was, you know, for an entire, basically an entire season a couple of years ago, they were really good in the first half, and as soon as halftime came, you knew the game was over. You know, they were going to lose. It didn't matter. They just were going to come back out of out of the dressing room and be like, you know, balls of clay on the ground. You know, so or it, or, or sometimes you just scream out joy. Yeah, sometimes people just yell. Uh, no names, please. I don't want to say this, but you talk about, um, you know, hey, you know. Good for Will that he kind of kept it under control at the Indians game he went to. But, man, what really turned me off, I had a distant family member who I went to a Louisville game with. You know, that's the high school I went to. And, man, I was on – it wasn't the sidelines. It was kind of like right – we were on the field but kind of behind the end zone, and he was screaming at the kids the whole game. And I'm like, dude, I mean, lots of F-bombs and everything. I'm like, dude, these are high school kids. Calm down, you know? Yeah. At the time, I was more of a Louisville fan. I, I would get bummed out if Louisville would lose, and I'm like, "Dude, it's kids." I mean, I just you know, yeah. you know, chill. It's high school, you know. Come on, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, let's go. To another question you're having, and hang on, bear with me for a second. I'm not working today. I'm getting way too many Facebook messages. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, you talk about the zoo. There was some talk about the zoo in there. I don't know. I mean, I like the zoo. I'm a big zoo guy. My wife's a zoo guy. I'm not sure. So we go to the zoo more often than most. I wouldn't get super close to the animals, though. Um, yeah, just not me. What about you? No. Nowhere close. <laughs> um, 
Like, I mean, for him to have gotten close enough that it could throw a banana peel at him, and then they get into, like, a fight at the cage doors, basically. Yeah. You know, it's people, like, there's, that's another thing that drives me nuts, is all these people think that, you know, they can engage these wild animals, you know. And Kramer's, you know, if, you, if anybody in the world is going to engage a wild animal, it's Kramer, you know. Right, right. But um, it just... Uh, I don't know. It's just strange, you know. I, I don't know. It, it made me think for a minute because I know a lot of people are like big animal people, you know. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm not really an animal person. <laughs> but I mean, the idea of putting yourself in a position where you're going to engage, yeah, <laughs> and a wild, basically, I mean, they're wild animals, you know. Right. With um, you know, I mean, even though the you could tell that the monkey it was uh, a little more tame and everything, but still. Well, I gotta say, we are big. We are big zoo people. We'd like to go to the zoo. Mm -hmm. I know the zoo we're part of, the Columbus Zoo. They have a, uh, you know, there's different tiers. You know, you can be a member for a, a certain tier. If you go next step higher. You can go to these behind-the-scenes tours where you can kind of be on the zoo grounds. I mean, you're with zoo workers, so the animals aren't going to kill you or anything. But I don't want to be that. I mean, I'm fine being up in the crowd with everybody else, you know? Yeah. Uh, Columbus Zoo, one of my favorite parts of the zoo is they have a like a Africa exhibit, which is open air. You know, usually you think about some of those animals in cages the um, zoo doesn't want to do that. So they built this real nice secure area where um, lions can run around and, um, you know, giraffes and everything else, which is good. Uh, the lions have their own part. Uh, they're just a glass. It's a heavily secured glass between you and the people. But it seems like you, you can go up really close to the animals. I like getting close and just saying hi, but I would definitely run if the animal woke up, even though there's a big, heavy... Glass in between me and the animal. Now, you see these videos on, uh, like, all over Facebook and Twitter and everything, where people are, you know, they think it's so funny, you know, that their little kid is sitting there in front of the glass, and the animal comes up and he's like trying to eat the child, you know, behind the glass. Those videos, everybody's like, "Oh, that's so funny! Oh, look how funny that is." And I'm like, you people are nuts putting your kids that close, you know? That's, yeah. That's horrible. Even with glass. I don't know. Well, we're fortunate because although we like going to the zoo, we have kids who don't really care about the zoo. You know, they're there for the rides at the zoo or the food and everything. Yeah. So they kind of tolerate that some go to the animals, but they don't do much. Uh, there's a orangutan that my daughter likes sitting by the glass with the orangutan, but... Mm -hmm. It just she just sits there. She doesn't really interact with it all. She just kind of sits there and says, "This is a nice spot, you know. It's good." So, Laura, if you take care of kids or have kids, just have kids that don't like animals that much. It, it yeah. makes life a lot more easier that way. Oh, trust me, they won't like. If, if I ever had kids, they would not like animals. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You were asking a big part of the episode was you know the tickets, you know. Uh, Jerry got the um, season tickets from a friend, and there was a question. He didn't thank the guy for tickets. That appeared to be a problem. 
I don't know. I mean, I've got my fair free share of free tickets. I usually try at least a nice thank you by email. I think it's kind of weird when you don't do that. And, you know, email wasn't as prevalent in the time of Seinfeld, but I think you say something, right? Well, I mean, the question is, did he did he thank him enough beforehand, you know? Yeah. I mean, he must have thanked him five times in the restaurant, you know? And yeah, said, that's true, Tim. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, too, you know, don't freak out if you don't feel like you've been thanked enough. Maybe you just sit and say, maybe I'll remember that next time. But, you know, the panic about it's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I, I will say one of the things that kind of, you know, I got a kick out of in this episode, other than, you know, other than the putty stuff, was when, when Jerry was sitting on his couch just refusing, like taking a staunch stand that he wasn't gonna call wasn't gonna call him no matter how much Kramer was berating him. <laughs> and the way he just he was like, No, let go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was my fault. Definitely. <laughs> um yeah, just I I I mean are you a thinker if, if someone gives you tickets or something? Um you know, it depends. I think it depends on the situation, probably. You know, I, um, like, in, I will say in my early days when I was working in Canton, um, like, I got invited to, like, dinners. You know, um, like, I got invited one year to the uh, uh, Canton's uh, Chamber of Commerce annual meeting which is like a really kind of fancy dinner really nice dinner and they have a good speaker and the one year my first year that i went it was roger goodell and um and it was right when canton was um, starting its work on the hall of fame village which is you know that big expansion that they're going to do and i was so excited that i got to go and i got to take my husband and so i i wrote up a thank you card and gave it to my publisher you know but um, I mean, my you know, I got invited to a another chamber event that was at uh, one of the other facilities in town, and it was just like a you know, like a casual kind of thing, and I didn't write a thank you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know it's, it's probably like the kind of I don't know, maybe like the value of the event, you know, would decide, you know. Um, I got invited, like, a friend of mine invited me to a Browns game right after, not long after the new stadium in Cleveland opened, and I did, I did not send her a thank you card. I'm a Browns fan. I mean, I think. Yeah, you wouldn't even go. (laughs) Oh, man, the worst time, I think it was a year before I got married. I actually won tickets to a Brown Steelers game in Cleveland. Oh, wow. And it was like, it was Christmas Eve. It was like a Saturday day game. I think the NFL didn't want to do too many games on Christmas Day. It was a Sunday that year. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers won by a lot. It was one of the Browns' first years back. I actually missed the game. I It was a family get-together. I think it was the last year before we get... Well, no, it wasn't. No, because the Browns are expansion year, right? I got married. I think it may have been like the first or second year of existence, and I just kind of felt like 
I was a bad guy. Send him some of the tickets on eBay, which at the time got a lot more than probably would have enjoyed the game. This game was a blowout, but yeah, I, I know it, it, it's a tough thing. I wish. I mean, hey, we're journalists. I mean, yeah, friends give us things, family gives us things. We don't get that many more journalism trinkets. You know, used to be that you you got tickets and journalism, you got a bunch of stuff. You don't see that happen as much anymore. Maybe it's the current company we're working for. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I still I stand by my thing. It depends on what the event is, whether I'm gonna how far I'm gonna go you know, to say thank you. I mean, I like when I go out to lunch or something with somebody for work. Um, I always say thank you for thank you for lunch if they buy or yeah that kind of thing. But um, even if I know they're getting reimbursed, what? <laughs> And the question of journalism is if you accept something free, you know, it's your thank you, a nice story or anything. And I never felt tempted that way, you know? Yeah. Hey, you can give me tickets yeah. to go cover something. If it sucked, I'd, I'd write it sucked. I, you know, I, I would, I'll say that, you know, those Kirk kind of arguments that people get into, you know, that you shouldn't accept a meal and all that stuff, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I base my face. I base my decisions on whether I write about something, not on the fact that somebody buys me a sandwich at lunch, but whether it's an interesting enough story for me to tell, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, maybe it's a changing of the time, but the place that we used to work at together before we worked at now, my goodness. I mean, we had arrangements to get sports tickets at times, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, Cavs tickets at the time were very easy to get <laughs> compared to Brown tickets or um, yeah. Indian tickets, but still, I mean, I think that kind of stuff doesn't really exist anymore because yeah, those yeah. were places where you would make the cuts. You know? Yeah, um, where we worked, it was outside, right outside of Cleveland, and we had, you know, we had reporters covering stuff, and there was a lot of, I don't want to say pressure. Um, but there was a lot of, um, a belief, I think probably in the organs, in the sports organizations that if we really cared about them, then we would buy, you know, season tickets for the year, Yeah. you know, whether we used them or not, you know, they figured that was something that we should do. And I think the, I, I will also say that in those many situations, which, I mean, I think probably everywhere I've ever worked, you know, Canton has had, until this week, a an arrangement with the charge. Yeah. To, um, you know, for tickets. But, I mean... Well, you guys got tickets for, for those? We did, yeah. Wow, that's but, cool. um, I mean, it wasn't for you know, certain types of coverage or anything like that. What these, these types of arrangements where we got the tickets were not, we didn't guarantee, we weren't guaranteed that we were going to yeah. every decision the front office made was good. We weren't going to say that trades were all awesome. You know, it wasn't that kind of stuff. You know, well, the, nothing to do with coverage. They were trying to sell tickets. It was developing and I, they didn't do bad intense wise, but you know, they're, they're always trying to sell more tickets and everything. I mean, I remember the one year of the Cavs when I was working up in the Cleveland area. 
I think I went to 10 to 15 games. I, I, I started to feel bad. I, I was talking to the writer going, am I bugging too much? He's like, hey, nobody else is asking. <laughs> just ask away, whatever, yeah. It, it was just – it was weird. But, yeah, that was before the Cavs got LeBron. They were some historically bad Cavs teams at the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. So, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff from the episode. Um, I like how um, Putty, you know, Patrick Warburton in real life, it became a you know a thing. I mean, you know, sometimes when your organization makes a show, you get mad. But man, the Devils kind of liked the episode. I mean, they would invite Patrick Warburton back to the games, and he would paint his face and wear the jersey. And uh, man, he got a lot of excited excited fans for years after that. I thought it was kind of neat. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, he didn't make the team look bad or anything. Yeah, I think he made fans look bad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, they embraced it. They're down. They're like, yeah, this is great. I mean, the fans got all excited and stuff. So, yeah, yeah well, we need more of that. We need. I know Seinfeld's been off the air for a while, but man, we gotta get more, more Patrick Warburton at Devils games and stuff. It, it, it should mm-hmm. be neat. I mean, I'm a Penguins fan, so I'm a Devils fan. But hey, I'm all for. Hey, whatever Patrick Warburton wants to do, I'm I'm in favor. I'm excited. I don't, knew, I don't know if you know this or not, but Patrick Warburton was on uh, in the Ted movies. Really? Okay. Yeah. He, I mean, they're kind of, you know, knowing you and knowing the type of entertainment you take in, it might not be your kind of a film because there's a lot of cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I made a mistake, and hey, statute of limitations is over. I apologize if. Somebody from the mission trip was listening. I, I took a major missions trip. I was considering, man, Laura, we, I, we almost came to a point where I would have done a podcast network from Ecuador. I, I mean, I almost moved down there for this missions group. And I made a mistake because we had to do a lot of flights to get down to Ecuador. There wasn't any direct flights. I mean, I, geez, I think it took seven flights in a, two-week period. It was just ridiculous. And I visited Ecuador and Peru and I made the mistake of telling one of the leaders that I was down the sea. He was like, yeah, did, did you watch any movies? I'm like, yeah, I finally saw that Ted movie. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say it to a mission leader. <laughs> I watched Ted in the plane. <laughs> yeah, it's a little filthy. Patrick <laughs> Warburton's in both of them. Yeah. One and two. I, I think I've seen Ted a couple times. I think I said Ted too, maybe once. And yeah. yeah, don't mention that to church people, especially you might want to work with someday. <laughs> they don't yeah. like that. I'm, a, um, I'm a big Seth MacFarlane fan. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I think I wasn't as crazy about Ted too, but Ted was interesting. I, I will say that. It was good. So, all right. Any other things about the Sunfall episode? I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it was good to go off the beaten track because I wasn't super excited about the episode itself, but um, anything else about this episode we need to mention? No, I'm looking at my notes that I took during it, and I don't see anything that stood out. I think we've talked about everything. Yeah, I wouldn't put... I mean, Putty makes it higher on my list. I, I think this was a little bit too high, to be honest. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it wasn't the worst because of Putty, but, uh, you know, yeah, I wasn't excited about the other parts of it. 
Um, I am excited about the next episode. It's a maid. Now, are we? I mean, there's a couple of really good uh, points this episode. This came in season nine. Um, you know, Elaine is pretending to die over the phone when a kid keeps calling her phone, um, thinking that the the kid's calling his his grandma, and Elaine says grandma died, you know, or something, and it was bad. Um, this is the one with the area codes, right? Where um, you know, Elaine's got trouble because the area code changed. Yeah. Now, this is the one where Jer- Jerry has the, the female maid, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Not the male maid. The male right. maid is a statue, right? Right. And this isn't the one where uh, George sleeps with the housekeeper. This is Jerry's maid that comes over that Jerry ends up sleeping with, right? <laughs> yes. Why is he sleeping with the maids in Seinfeld? <laughs> this is one of my, um, one of my all-time favorite Seinfeld lines this is in this movie. Okay. Um, it's, uh, and I, it's one that I adapt for every type of situation. This is the one where George gets, struggles because he wants a nickname. Yeah. He gets a, yeah. a bunch of nicknames at the office and it doesn't go well. <laughs> Yeah, and the T-Bone thing was good, too. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to this. If you're upset that we didn't talk much about the episode, the episode wasn't as thrilling. But I, I, I expect next, well, probably later this week now, expect to see more discussion of the episode. There, there's a lot of good stuff to get to on this one. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm not seeing any of our Seinfeld news. I'm a little bit annoyed on my Google news app. There's, I guess they see me search for Frasier a lot. So they send me a lot of Frasier articles, but it's got nothing to do with the reboot. It's like, what might happen? There's no news. I want more news about this reboot. Yeah. I, know. I, I think they, I think the news came out way too early. You know what I mean? Has ever happened where, you know, somebody got, gets a job offer, whatever else the case might be, and they get excited about it and they share it, but it's like two weeks before the announcement <laughs> actually happens. Yeah. That's what I think happened with the Frazier thing. So, oh well. All right. Well, Laura, it's always thank you for your time. Uh, we're we're going to try to make Friday happen. I, I got work on Friday, so I'll be here and, and we're going to make this work one way or the other. So, it should be good. You know, this episode is like almost at the end of, end of the series, too. Yeah. yeah season yeah. nine was a fun season. Kind of silly parts, kind of goofy, but I, I was in. It was good. So, all right. Well, we will be back um, Friday, and we release you shortly afterwards. So, uh, definitely check it out. As always, Laura, thanks for stopping by. It's fun to chat with you, and um, have a great week, everybody. We'll we'll see you later for another sign film. Uh, have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book. Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.